Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. In 2023, we're going to talk more about it next week, and I don't want to get to that, uh, get, get too much into that. But this coming year is going to be a wild ride. You thought 2022 was something? Uh, buckle up. All right. Um, you, you might look around you and say, you know, but I, I, what have I got to offer? What, what am I? I'm here to tell you, you have a call on your life. You have a, when you are in, when you're born again, you are no longer, you are not a spectator. You're not wondering, you know, what should I do for ministry? When you were born again, you're, you're in the ministry. That's, that's all there is to it. Um, and you might say, but, you know, I, I, things are so humble. I, my, my beginnings are so humble. There's just, you know, what, what on earth, you know, and I, you know, I think of Aaron, you know, who, you know, as a little kid would come bounding down the stairs. And I remember when I told him I was getting ready to go back to uh, ORU to do doctoral work. And he said, daddies go to school. Why? And I said, because two degrees apparently is not enough. And now he owns two master's degrees in addition to his bachelor's. And, and, and here he is. I mean, if somebody would have said that kid's going to be in government and all this other stuff. And who knows where he will go. Here is what I'm saying. That's true of each and every single one of us. And I remember my oldest daughter who missed, this is called a Mondegreen, I believe, where you misunderstand the words to a song. And she used to sing it. No way in a manger. The son of the living God, the creator of the universe, sleeping in a feed trough. Trusting himself to a teenage mama and an older, he, uh, Joseph was older, but you know, Think about this. God likes to start small. He starts the greatest oak started with a seed. And in fact, where he was born was so obscure, even though it was written by the prophet, it was so obscure that they, they sent the Magi there to Bethlehem, but he wasn't there anymore. He had already gone north. And so they had to be guided in. How many of you believe God will guide you where he needs you to be? And why did Jesus come? We just, we just heard it. Verse 14 of John chapter 1 from the King James says this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He was not made like us. He became one of us. He was fully God, yes, the whole time, but he was also fully human. He faced every temptation we face and yet without sin. I'm sure there were times that he wanted to scob somebody's knob. Do they say that in Missouri? They say it in Oklahoma. My mama used to say, I'll scob your knob. I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, but I could tell by the tone it probably wasn't going to be comfortable. I'm sure, well, in fact, even when, when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, a 21st century uh, interpretation of what Jesus said was, you bunch of knuckleheads. 
And so you got to know he joined us. He became he became one of us. Yet in verse four of John chapter one, it says in him was life and the life was the light of men. Everybody say amen. amen. And as many as received him, according to verse 12, gave he the right. Literally in the Greek, it says the authority to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. He became one of us so that we can become like him. That we might be transformed from glory to glory and faith to faith. It isn't automatic. It is by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says it clearly. For by grace you are saved through faith. The faith, the grace that saves us comes through faith. So the greater the faith, the greater the grace. Amen. Everybody said, what, what was that prayer? Increase our faith. Amen. That the apostles, that, you know, the disciples said to Jesus, that's a good prayer. I believe, help my unbelief. That's, that's a good prayer. And here it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. In the days to come, as the darkness continues to deepen, and it is, and it is thickening, and, and Kevin has been sharing with me some things from, uh, you know, for, uh, while he's, he's over there. It's really good to have someone with boots in the ground over there to see, and he's going to be getting back to me with more, and I'm really looking forward to that, about what's happening over there. But as things intensify, we have got to know who we are, whose we are, and why we are. We are called to lead. We are not called to just just to kind of float through life, we are called to shine in the darkness. We are called to be, uh, to make an impact, to have, to, to, to not just leave footprints, but you know, they're going to be, I'm telling you, I, if we get into, we go into the kingdom with people just hanging on us, fine. Whatever it takes, our God has called us to great things. Remember what we talk, you know, he says, um, when it says in him was life and the life was the light of men. We just read John three sixteen. He came that we might have life. Whosoever believeth in him may have life, not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And first John chapter five and verse 12 says this. He who has the son has the life. It's not something we're going to have. It's something we have. I want you to think about this. You know, when I was looking at my Uncle Bud, the picture of my Uncle Buddy, when I look at pictures of my parents, I look at pictures of my grandparents, I look at pictures of my own children. All you see there when they're young is a seed. It does not yet appear what they shall be. And let me tell you something. You might even be in your 50s or your 60s or your 70s. I'm here to tell you God is not done with you. And greater and greater things are in the offing because of the time in which we live. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Hello. I know there are people preaching universalism in the church of North America today. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie from hell. Because Jesus said it himself. If unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And if they don't hear and they don't believe, they're not going to heaven. 
We've watched these last couple of years. What's been really interesting to me is I've gone back and looked at some things in preparation more for next week. At some at some prophetic words uh, from Marianne, from uh, uh, Brother Hagen, from uh, David Wilkerson, from others. And the things that they said are happening. They are unfolding before our very eyes. We are in the end game. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you, God is on the throne and no matter what you see around you, he is still in control. Think about Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't roll over and he it allowed God to slap the soup out of every Egyptian deity that was of any consequence or import. One after another, he lined them up and mowed them down. So if there was anyone in Egypt that had any doubt about the fact that their gods were impotent to include Ra... The sun God, by the time Yahweh got done, there was no doubt about who was boss. And I believe we're going to see that happen again. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of Yahweh has risen upon you for behold darkness will cover the earth. Well has that happened? And deep darkness the peoples. But Yahweh will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations, and that doesn't mean countries, that means people groups. Ethnoi, as they would say in Greek, here it's Goim, will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I do not believe that the body of Christ is to sink lower and lower and lower under the weight of the darkness. We are to rise higher and higher and higher. And God will glorify his people. I was reading in the Old Testament the other day and I went, wow, I've never seen that before. Have you ever read anything in the Bible that you have never read before? I have. I've read things and I've read the Bible through a whole bunch. So in other words, I've read it before. I was kidding Chris. She just had this surgery on her eyes where she can actually see now. First thing she said to Mark is, who are you? And I said, well, have you had this? You ever done this? You've been driving down the street and you go, what What, what are they doing there? And your wife says, that's been there for years. I'm just now noticing. And so I'm reading through that and it said over, I believe it's in Exodus, says that the Lord will sanctify this place. He was talking about the tent of meeting, this place and this people by his glory. I believe God wants to sanctify. That means to set apart. I don't want to be set apart from the things that are going on. I don't want to be one what's going down in that. And he wants to set us apart. And, you know, will rise upon you and nations, people groups, tribes will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. I remind you of what it says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. I love the way the ISV puts it. And the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness has never and can never put it out. Saints, we are the sent ones. We are the sent ones. You're sent to your individual sphere of influence. Your individual, you know, I was... uh, (laughs) Talking about waking up and feeling old. On Thursday, I'll be 68. You know, people are going, you know, oh, you're going to be 68. Wheeze and thank you. And 
I, you know, I'm, there are mornings that I wake up and I feel pretty good. There are mornings I wake up and I feel like I'm 68. There are mornings I wake up and feel like I'm 108. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? And there, yeah, have you ever had, you, you know, we, we're subject to the, the flesh. We're subject to the flesh. And sometimes the flesh feels pretty good. If it's had enough coffee. And other times the flesh is like, what? And you wake up in the morning and I, and I woke up and I felt like, you know, I'm tired of 15 below. I'm tired of just making little ones out of big ones. I would, I, you know, and I'd read a story about how these rich people are taking their, their, their uh, yachts down to the Caribbean to spend Christmas and New Year's down there away from those of us who are us shivering, huddled masses and everything. And I'm thinking, man, that sounds so good, Lord. I should like, it. and then you know what? The next thing that came to me was, no, never out of the fight. Never out of the fight. Never. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. You realize that that is in red when you read that in the gospel, right? And going forward, we're going to see, we are already seeing it. There is that divide between those who love him and those who don't. Those who believe him and those who don't. Those who trust him and those who don't. And when you shine brightly enough, people who get desperate enough, and you're going to see a lot of that, are drawn to that. John, and on resurrection night, the very first, you know, when they were all, you know, they were shut in, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They got Jesus and we're next. Jesus appeared in their midst, which had to be shocking. And they were all frightened. And Jesus said to them again, Verse 21, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's where they were born again, because it says over in Luke 24, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. When he said, there are many more things I have to say to you, but you can't bear them now. It's not a case of where you can't take it. You know, it'll just break your heart. I can't tell you. No, your minds are not capable of being getting wrapped around that. To bear means literally to carry. Pharaoh, it means to carry. And now their minds are open. Guess what? We are going to see revelation. Why? Because we have the light. The light is dwelling in us. Somebody might say, well, how come it's just gaining this, uh, gaining this, this speed now? Why wasn't it five years ago? Why wasn't it 10 years ago? Why wasn't it 20 years ago? It is not for us to know the how longs or the winds which the Father has set by his own authority. And when he says now, that's the time, not before. I wish he would have said now 35 years ago. But he didn't. So send I you. What did he say in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? He said, and you shall be my witnesses. Everybody say, I'm a witness. You, are, you shall be my witness. And not only that, God expects to do things through you. We need to start thinking that way. God wants, you know, we're going we're gonna to see people in trouble. Amen. 
We already are beginning to see that people who are struggling and we're not, don't try to come up with some natural answer. God wants to do things supernaturally. He wants to demonstrate his power and his ability. That's what that glory is about. And what did Jesus say in John 14, 12? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also. And greater works than these will he do. I can't tell you the number of individuals for whom I have deep respect as prophetic voices who have said that the miracles we will see in the very last days will greatly surpass what happened in Acts chapter 2 three, four, five, six, and seven. And if you've read those, you know some wild stuff happened. The day of the working of miracles, I believe, is we're at the doorstep. Greater works than these. If our musicians would come. Yes, I, I'm, you know, I feel like I've just done my introduction, but it's already time to quit. Come back next week and I'll preach twice as long. No, that's that. that that's an idle threat. <laughs> reality? What do you mean reality? <laughs> they know me too well. We, were, we need to get Paul up here to share about some of the cool stuff he's been telling me about, you know, before they, before they, go, before they go back. You're going back in February? You're going back next month? Oh, wow. All right. They were, I, they were originally planning on going back in March, and then when they got off the airplane, it was that cold. They said, we're going back three weeks. <laughs> in Colossians 3 and 16, Paul said, let the word dwell in you richly. The scripture with which we open today 1 and 14 said, and the word became flesh. I want you to think of this from this point forward. God wants each and every one of us in a measure to become the word made flesh. That in you and in me is that spirit. In you, in me is that word. And whereas if the princes of this world had known they would never have crucified the Lord of glory because they thought they were going to take him out. And now they've got to deal with millions who have the potential, maybe hundreds of millions who have the potential to do everything he did because we are the word being made flesh. God takes no greater pleasure than seeing his children walking in that power. His children walking in that authority, growing and developing. I'm here to tell you, saints, the end game is on. You know, Paul was telling me that they got out of the country, and I'm a, we'll, we'll let him tell that story, but that the borders were closed because of political um intrigue and upheaval and all that kind of stuff but they got out everybody say there is a god and you know we say man you know life's got that's got to be weird living in a country where stuff like that happens has anybody besides me noticed that we are headed that direction here 
We are taking step, uh, literally, it's happening. The scripture says it will happen. So we shouldn't be surprised. And we are a light in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that oppression, in the midst of those needs, in the midst of those, uh, those, those, the lack and the insufficiency that is coming. And as all of the, we've, we've really sown the wind and we are reaping the whirlwind. I say bring it on because a thousand years from now, this won't be anything. A million years from now, nothing. Amen. And whatever it takes to get as many people gathered up and taking them to heaven with us, then so be it. You know, I don't want to get to heaven and God said, well, you and have him say, you know, you could have been a lot more effective if you just hadn't spent all your time trying to be comfortable. Has anybody ever seen, feel like God's pushing you out of your comfort zone? If you don't, I'm prophesying over you. He will. Let's all stand. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.